not that big a deal, so calm down. I'm not upset with you. I'm just a little surprised. I mean, you're constantly going off on Shindo and Sawada, but when you're around me, you're like the paragon of courtesy. So is all that a front? Are you faking it for me? It's real. How I act around you is real. Oh. What's wrong? Would you prefer if I yelled a bunch and headbutted you like you were one of them? What? No way! <laughs> Damn, come on and move your ass, Kyoko! The hell you think you're talking to, you dumb bitch? But hot role play. Huh? Hello everybody, I'm Pax and this is Brotakus, the show where we do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you don't need a major in anime studies to enjoy this wild, beautiful, strange art form, and we are lucky to have you on this journey with us. Joining us today, the social media dream team, Brotakus correspondents from overseas, we got Henry. Henry is a New York-based actor, uh, uh, smart guy, he does words good, you can find him on Twitter at ShankityStick, also on Letterboxd at ShankityStick, uh, that handle is down in the description, and Akiko, New York-based you have more things actor <laughs> voiceover artist songwriter does jazz music sings for a goddamn living living an amazing amazing life uh anna also helps run our social media you could find them on uh twitter at anna kiko too and on instagram at swagamon and finally returning to the brotaku's trap once again yet today we have fan favorite guest the resident lore lord of the hyper popular Yu-Gi-Oh youtube channel team aps check out his work along with the rest of team aps on youtube for skits reviews reaction videos and deck techs he can be found on twitter at at alex j fields welcome to the show alex how are we doing today gang Great. I feel amazing, and I feel amazing. like you hype me up way more than I deserve. <laughs> you were the one who taught us about dual motorcycles, Alex, so we could never not hype you up. Hey, Konami had the idea first. <laughs> 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 so we are all running on dual energy today. We are located at all different places here along the East Coast. But today, uh, as we check in, any new info we want to share? Things that we have? A little bit of a unofficial news corner right now. Uh, the new season of Made of Abyss was officially announced. It's going to come out next year. What About time! It's out of jail! Mm -hmm. <laughs> so excited. And we get maybe five episodes or five chapters a year of Made in Abyss, so when it's time for a new anime and they have enough material, it is to be celebrated, so super happy about that. Uh, Demon so. Hunter... Demon Hunter Mugen Train or Slayer, the demon, <laughs> demon bad, demon hunter kill. Mugen man, <laughs> demon, Slayer, demon Slayer Mugen Train, Mugen Train. Hates, yeah. hates Demon Boy Infinity Train has <laughs> released. It is at the top of the U.S. fucking box office. So like, who has seen it? I have not, unfortunately. I think it's literally only you. Well, I've seen it, <laughs> and I'm seeing it again today. <laughs> Oh, I'm jealous. Really Wait, I could watch today. it again today? Oh, jeez. What am I doing yeah, here? Yeah, I'm actually going to Henry's place of work to watch it. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, well, we I'm had Alex out for the first minute. Now. Alex is going off to watch me get trained. <laughs> like, uh, make it clear, I work at a dine-in uh, movie theater, and Anna is going to hijack my workplace. Have fun. <laughs> Gotcha. Now, Henry, I know that you hate Demon Slayer more than anything. Um, are you a planning fiery on seeing passion. I think it's very bad. I want it to be scrubbed from the universe. My wow. feelings are not actually this intense. It's just that everybody else in the world feels so intensely about it. I have to try to match them. 
<laughs> I'd I say Demon Slayer is like a C that gets treated like an A, so I treat it like a D minus. But it's at least a B plus. <laughs> it's at least a B plus. <laughs> <laughs> he he do, he doesn't care for the art style. He thinks it's, he thinks. Let it's me old give my hat. own opinion. Thank you. I think <laughs> the art style is great. I think the story is nothing. I I think it, uh, the world building is incredibly minimal. I think there's no history to the world in any way that I find interesting. I don't think any of the characters have particularly motivated backstories or uh, uh, goals or drives that they're striving to. It's fine. That's the best I can say. There we go. Henry texted me calling it uh, "Baby's First Shonen" earlier today, and uh, I stand by it. You're you're acting it's, like a D minus right now, Henry. You need to show some ah, put some more okay. respect on Mugen Train's name. You old boomer. You're just hey. mad at us young Gen Z hip kids. Photoball <laughs> is a very talented studio. They do incredible animation work. They've made a feast of this morsel. But it actually is a great introduction to shonen anime. If you've never seen it before, if you watch Demon mm-hmm. Slayer, that's just a great way to see it for the first time. Oh, yeah. I agree, Alex. It is. It, it's such like a. Like I said, it, babies first. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I'm sorry, uh, like Henry. Interrupting, interrupting women in the cut today. Anna, go ahead. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Misogynist, uh, misogynist M- MRA activist, uh, proud boy Henry Rosenberg interrupting it's him. With me. He thinks he can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have something so you want to say on that, me. Anna? <laughs> I was going to say, um, it, it, I, I agree. It is very, very good for introducing people to the world of anime because it's visually so stunning. So they don't, they didn't have to go through the same thing that we did when we were kids where like every mm. five minutes is a different like still shot and yeah. like the talking is just their mouths moving. Like it's a really, really good way to show like the artistry and really the reality of what a good anime can be for a first time mm. viewer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what was your first shonen? Do you remember when you were young, like what the first anime that hooked you was? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure you can all guess this, but it was Dragon Ball Z. Hey! <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I remember elementary school just getting left at school a bit longer than normal, so they put me in the cafeteria and they put on Toonami. Then I saw this amazing scene of a kid in an orange outfit just jumping around, punching people, and I learned violence that day. Go ah, woke up and chose violence. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so us, us old crusty fucks in uh, Brotaku's today do not want to be presenting because we got some young viewers. We just grew up hurt, man. We grew up hurt in an era of just scarcity. In Dragon Ball Z, it would take fourteen episodes for one fight to finish. We would get maybe four mouth flaps uh, per minute. It, it was painful, and so. We own, we own it. that though, mm-hmm. and so I'm glad life is better for you all. And we're trying to not be crusty about it, like hen- <laughs> hateful Henry in the corner. <laughs> I hate <laughs> Henry. That's why I only watch seasonal anime. <laughs> okay, so speaking of seasonal anime, yeah. uh, we're talking about one that only got one season today. But man, what a season it is! So today we are talking about Hori Mia. Am I pronouncing that right, Henry? Yes. Okay, gotcha, because I spell it wrong every single time. <laughs> um, but b- before we get into it, this is a romance anime. So this is a pretty remarkable show, and we're going to get into why. But first, as we kind of pivot to talking about romance as a whole, it is its own big, beautiful subgenre. But it has its own problematic tropes that, for sure, many people have their pet peeves. Uh, 
Anna, I know you wanted to take take point on this. What do we think of when we think big romance tropes? Um, so when we think big romance tropes, we think things like the will they or won't they, the lack of communication that always ends up getting them into trouble, the, uh, I mean, the, the gorgeous, beautiful scenes of people like touching their hands and blushing. But unfortunately, the negative side of romance is going to be a lot of uh, sexual assault humor. Uh, which, uh, unfortunately, the uh, Japanese anime community hasn't really moved away from yet. Um, but you find now a lot of people are like, what do you mean assault? No, no one ever gets like assaulted. But I mean, every go back and think of every like romance scene or goofy scene that you see where someone gets their boobs grabbed and they get shocked and, and upset about that. Well, guess what? Yeah, that's assault, too. Um, bad news, folks. Bad news. Anytime there's a no touch, that is considered assault, and it is a huge form of uh, comedy, a, a big way to be funny in a lot of these animes. And I just wanted to say, guys, it's not. <laughs> Let's just give it a thumbs down. Yeah. yeah. Even the um the classic wall slam is technically um, sexual assault, I believe. It, it is. Kabe mm. donning someone. Oh, okay, Alex, what is the classic wall slam? Because some of our listeners um, might be thinking of like a wrestling style roundhouse. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, what's the wall it's slam? Pretty violent. It's this I this is way that a male character in a manga or anime takes control over the situation with another character, typically a girl, because it's usually meant to intimidate slash make a girl feel infatuated with you. So a character might um, slam one or both arms into a wall on either side of the girl of choice to force her attention onto him and that one moment they share where he tells her what it is. <laughs> what it is. <laughs> what it do. It's called a kabedan. It's called what? A kabedan. Interesting. Kabedan. I like I like that you framed it as you like tells them what it is, Alex. It's, it's so aggressive. Most, it's always the most heinous thing where she'll be like, she'll be like, listen, you baka, blah, 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 and he'll be like, hold up, bitch. <laughs> it's time for me to lay lay down facts and uh, highly whack, highly whack. Um, I also am not as huge a fan of like romance uh, 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 tropes, which are also harem anime, like. Yeah. Mm, uh, just, yeah. It just seems Collections so fetishizing of women, of women where you have like just like one normal dude with no discernible character traits and then like 19 girls with 18 different hair colors split between them and extreme personality traits and one of them looks like she's 12 years old but it's like I'm I'm technically 18 son like is her name and uh, <laughs> not a huge fan uh Henry any romance anime tropes you want to throw out here Oh, the biggest one that gets to me, it's a lot more uh, petty than the ones that you guys are bringing up, but, like, the the constant miscommunication in a lot mm. of, like, older uh, anime. I remember once I was dating a girl and she played me an episode of Peach Girl, which is this, like, classic romance anime that, like, got produced in, like, the 80s or 90s. Anna's got a picture right behind her, nice. but the entire episode was, oh my god, I talked to a different person than my boyfriend, and now I think he's gonna hate me forever. Nothing happened, they just talked, but nobody can just talk to the other person and explain what anything is. It It's tiring. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely um i also i think my 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 biggest one that just drains my interest in the show is when it takes the full season for the romance confession to happen because 
Yeah. J- does anyone want to explain the concept of the confession in Japan? Because it's not, um, it's not a American thing at all, really. Unless you're asking someone like prom, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so confessions in Japan are kind of like a big deal and they're meant to be sort of theatrical in nature. Um, it's, it's this whole, it's kind of like a promposal, but just to tell someone you like them. And it is a concept in America, but it's usually one that's like highly romanticized and, and only for like wedding, uh, like proposals. Mm. Meanwhile, the confession in Japan is something that is big and, and will take an entire season to get through because of constant miscommunications and the main character working up his, his, um, what is it? Chutzpah. His chutzpah, chutzpah. Yeah. <laughs> His chutzpah <laughs> to just say, I like a girl. And it's usually done with like a letter in the locker or they'll take him to a tree outside and back and do it under the falling blossom leaves. Mm. And, and it's always, it's always a really nice scene, but it always takes way too long to get there. Yeah. I always like, I always like that it's really private, but also everyone knows it's happening. Oh, everybody yeah. knows it's happening. They usually watch outside the windows. <laughs> this is uh, big news in high school. Yeah, and for the normally the concept of dating in like the West is you go on dates to start feeling that way about somebody. But in Japan, the idea that you need to lay out your feelings to initiate the relationship. When I think of how terrified I was in high school to even ask somebody to a school dance, yeah. I straight up like have a, a, a panic attack thinking about like if I needed to lay it all on the line initially. So I guess I kind of get why it takes so long over there. Yeah, and it actually leads into certain aspects of the culture that I, I find kind of stifling. Mm. This is the idea that just to date someone you have to make this huge gesture and put feelings that you don't you may not even really have out there just to secure a date mm-hmm. that's wild high stakes yeah absolutely is somebody home anna i see the way yeah princess just walked in sorry oh nice hey princess what's up <laughs> i felt i felt i'm in her home i should probably say hello to her <laughs> no, absolutely. And if you want to bring some romance on, she can definitely live <laughs> on camera, but it's all good. Uh, so today um, we are talking about something that kind of um, supplants a lot of these old romance tropes in a way that is super duper refreshing. So today's subject is the uh, Cloverworks anime Horimiya. So uh, Henry, I think you were the one who did the background yes. uh, detail for this. Can you kind of lead us through what Horimiya is? Okay, here is the description I wrote. Horimiya is a high school romance anime from Cloverworks, as Pax mentioned. You may know them from Darling the Franks, Promise Neverland, or my favorite show of last season, Wonder Egg Priority. I mention it every moment I possibly can. Uh, It also aired in winter of 2021. The story began as a web manga manga, I should say, called Hori-san to Miyamura-kun by Hiroki Adachi under the pseudonym Hiro on their own personal website. It was later adapted by Daisuke Hagiwara for Monthly G Fantasy under the title Horimiya, which is what the anime is based on. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So this is kind of like a one... A One Punch Man situation where, in terms of these stacking adaptations of anime, um, this wasn't adapted just once. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a web cartoon that became a manga. The web cartoon had an original OVA adaptation, and then the manga adaptation of the web comic became adapted, not from the OVA, but into an anime series. So this is a show so nice they did it quadrice. (laughs) This is Uh a quadruple adaptation show, and I think they got it pretty damn right on this one. So. So who who wants to take point leading us into what this show is about? Like if we had to kind of like sum it up, what what, what would we say that the core plot line is? Um, I can take that one if you'd like. Yeah, hit it, hit it. All right. So the core of this show is there is a boy named Miyamura. Uh, he is sort of a freak in the streets. He's got tattoos all over himself. He's got piercings everywhere. And he helps the main girl, Hori's little brother, um, by bringing him home one day. And they end up realizing that they're in the same class. But this is such a different person than who is in my class. Now I'm interested in them. And it starts sort of... The thing you should mention about Miyamura is that while in the streets, he does have all these piercings and cool hair and tattoos Mm. all over the place. In school, he is the quietest wallflower in the entire class. Yeah. He was essentially invisible to uh, Hori just because he hid himself away. And all of a sudden, he she sees this new side of him and they start realizing what they have in common and developing a, a shall we say, a romance. Mm, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> One might call Anna, it a Anna, romance. And to take that ball, take that rebound. Uh, that's it. They they they, <laughs> they start having a romance, and it's a whirlwind, and it's lovely, and I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, their romance infects uh, the rest of the cast around them and changes everyone's lives for the better. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. T- damn, Alex. You know, I never really thought about it like that, but that totally is. I think the the bravery of their romance is infectious, and I'd never really considered that they might be the kind of um, motivating force for everybody else who starts banging and getting together. <laughs> um, but I think that's totally right. Uh, so, Alex, when you first saw Horimiya, what were your takeaways? Because this is a, I think, what, a 12-episode series? It's not super huge, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, I was told about Horimiya by my brother who read it, and he, he wouldn't tell me much except just go watch it. Mm. I was like, okay, all right, let's go see what this is about. And within those first two episodes, I was... I, I was hooked. I was like, oh my god, these these two characters aren't breaking any rules for me. They're not doing anything wrong here. They're yeah. just mm-hmm. stumbling into a relationship, and I just w- love watching it happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he also is, uh, his appearance is shocking, because when they run into each other, um, oh, yeah. there's some, like, the little boy gets hurt, uh, so, can someone who remembers it is has a brain that's better than mine and less like, smooth take that? <laughs> uh, Hori's little brother uh, skinned so his so. knee or something, mm. and um, Miyamura was walking across this, like walking down the street on the other side of the street. Sees that happen, walks the kid home, um, and uh, at first Hori is just like, "Oh, thank you, kind stranger, for helping my little brother." What a what a good random person you are, and then he's like, um, you know me, we've met. <laughs> I, I see you every day. It's okay though. I, I know I'm not anything special. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so his first appearance is really striking because, um, Anna, can you describe like visually the difference between 
um, Miyamura in school and like on the streets when he's the freak in the streets? Like, what is that? Absolutely. Like? Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> the nice thing, all right. Well, yeah, the nice thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, when, nice. <laughs> when Very he's nice. on the street, he is a girl's dream. He's got this lip ring. He's got like eight different piercings in his ears. He kind of wears his hair the way I do with like a top knot and then the rest all falling down. Mm. And he's got his little punk clothes on. He looks yeah. so cute. And then in school, he wears his hair fully down to hide all of his piercings. He never takes his jacket off, not even when it's hot in gym class because he's got tattoos all up and down his body and he doesn't want anyone to see them. Although later in the show, just a non-spoiler, he just picks up his shirt and shows everybody. Um, yeah. Like literally it, all you got to do to see his tattoos is ask to see him. He was like, okay, naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we should mention that he's not only into, like entirely alluring and beautiful when he's on the streets, he's oh, no, also he's terrifying. Everywhere. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, the idea that to be have even one piercing and to have any tattoos is considered a, a straight road to gang world. You're a dangerous gang person. World. You might even have a gun. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, Hori is never scared of him, though. That's true. That's true. She she sees beyond it because she's like, oh, you're that kid? You're not scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's a 10, baby. That, mm. So I, I want to, there is a romance trope. It's 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 like the Western uh, rom-com trope of like, oh my God, that 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 huge uggo took off her glasses and that, is that Megan Fox? Is that the actress <laughs> Megan Fox? <laughs> who, who everyone before as a hot girl with glasses was like, what a disgusting fucking, ugh, God, what a fucking ogre. And the second the glasses come off, it's like, holy shit. It's like the Superman moment. And there's like that a lot in anime because suddenly <laughs> all, his, all his friends start commenting on like, Jesus Christ, fucking Miyamura's eyes are like endless clear ponds in the Caribbean. <laughs> I'd swim in them for de- for days. My God. Exactly that's what that's gorgeous like. eyelashes. <laughs> yeah, his eyelashes. You guys remember oh. Eisen from Bleach? When oh, his yes. came off? Oh, my God. Like, it's like his hair changed. It's like his yeah. eye bosom changed. Everything about him just became... Hmm. <laughs> 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 Oh, and another funny thing, another funny trope is uh, there's always uh, the thirsty boy and the girl who's trying to, like, keep him in check. I love that this show totally reverses that. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Elaborate. Elaborate? Oh, well, um, you see, Hori is very (laughs) thirsty and a bit of a freak for Miyamura, and it is kind of refreshing. (gasps) Oh, now I realize what you're saying. Okay. (laughs) It's kind of refreshing to um, see the woman take initiative in these relationships when it's normally considered a little uncouth in in Japanese culture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so we're going to star mark that as important for later because the details of what that means are pretty wild. But let's finish this like big overview, I think, because because we we all just getting horny in the cut today for, for these characters. But um, so there is this dynamic, and I, I think a core thing that that um makes uh, Horimiya unique is that this is a romance anime speed run. They are doing like any percent, mm-hmm. uh, they are doing like any percent smoochin speed run between Hori, uh, Hori and Miyamura. And they go from it's it's like five episodes, but it is a tight five episodes because they're adapting. 14 volumes into 12 episodes, I believe, in the show. Um, and it, yeah, and it, 
even though they cut full ass characters out um, and they cut like a minor romantic triangle out because one of the side characters gets like um, real horned up for uh, Miyamura's street version and doesn't realize for like three volumes that it's Miyamura. <laughs> um, yeah, and so there's a whole bunch of stuff like that that gets cut, but I, when I was watching the show, I never felt like I was missing out on anything. It's just a yeah, really, yeah, it's like a really beautiful, big, tight show. Um, and so I guess from there, are there any other like basics that we want to throw out there of just like what, what this is before we do the little deep dive? Um, I mean, we can walk through some of our favorite characters, or do we want to save that for more towards the end? Yeah, I, I, I think Let's I don't want to call it. this like a, a free for all now, but yeah. Um, I, if I was listening, I'd be curious about like what the freak shit is <laughs> that we were referring to. <laughs> so, Anna, um, what, what, what makes uh, Hori a little kinkster? What happened? She. <laughs> One of my favorite thing. Okay, so. <laughs> Girl has my own heart. She just wants she just wants Miyamura to be mean to her. She just wants Miyamura to consensually berate her and be rude to her and yell at her in public. And then she bites him, which is not a spoiler for anybody because it was all over Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the- everyone's favorite scene. <laughs> the way they layer this too is really interesting because would we call Hori a tsundere? Like I mm, no, mm, almost, but mm, I, she's, she's too complex. I think exactly. She's not. Like, she's not one tracked enough, as well as the fact that she genuinely cares about him and lets him know that she genuinely cares about him. That's a good like one of the best it things about the whole this. Point of it. One of the best things about this show, um, like we'll get into it when he, when we get into all the other side characters, but. While like characters have elements of tropey like genres of characters, everybody is a full, complex, realized human being. Nobody breaks down quite that simply. Yeah, absolutely. And so this will be a more, I think, spoiler-heavy episode than normal. But I think it's because with romance anime, there's not a, a huge plot beats or revelations. It's kind of like you know what you're getting. But this is just a really elevated and kind of immaculate... I was going to say immaculately conceived, but that's not <laughs> Immaculately put together show. Um, mm-hmm. I think hey something guys, that I really like... The two main huh? characters, they yeah. do a kiss. They do a kiss. They do more than a kiss, honey. They, they, they look each other in the eyes. Oh yeah. my god! They even hold hands. hands. <gasps> these are these are gonna be the thumbnail faces. They're just like. <laughs> Check us out on Brotaku's YouTube to see the faces. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, something I really like that I just want to throw out here because it explains why she's a kinkster because this is something where I think hearing this you might be okay well is this like fan service the show is so good at showing not telling because um, c- can someone explain what Hori or uh, what Hori's dad is like because I think that explains it ah, yes. oh god yeah so, Alex take it all I know is from the anime which uh, the manga probably goes much more in depth in that situation but she has an absentee father and it's not that he ran, he runs off. It's because he's in a band and he's constantly away working or working because it looks like no one really respects him in that household. <laughs> um, they basically all consider him to be good for nothing and it, they tolerate his appearances when he's He's very home. much the Rodney Dangerfield of that household. He gets no respect. <laughs> Jeez. And I feel like for Hori, 
she had to step up to replace a father in her home mm. and why and she had to um accept more masculine traits into her character so that she could mm. always be there for her brother and mother mm-hmm. and i think coincidentally having a boyfriend she started to i guess assign certain traits that i guess would never normally happen to her and needed them needed him to do it Mm-hmm. So that she could just feel what that's like. I don't know. They both bring yeah. out new elements in each other. Because like, a, a core, yeah, a core element of this is uh, what does Hori's dad look like? Because oh, he kind of looks exactly like Miyamura with his hair down, <laughs> <laughs> except with gray hair. I never <laughs> There's a little bit there. Yeah. Also, in like the first episode after he's introduced. Hori's father falls in love with Miyamura too. <laughs> Literally, I was just about to say, like, there is no bigger fan of Miyamura than her brother or her father. Yeah. They like Miyamura more than her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he makes everything about him, like the initial love confession. He's just injecting himself, even in like the final scenes of like graduation, going on to college, you know, the future. He is there just m- making it the, the the daddy show. I don't know his name, mm. so I'm calling it the daddy show. <laughs> but, That's a good title. Um, I like Mr. it. The Mr. Hori show. Yeah, the Mr. Hori show, which oh, is somehow Lord, worse than the daddy name. show. <laughs> it's me, the Hori daddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the way that this manifests too. Yeah, <laughs> I want to dig into the detail of what this abuse entails. Because Hormia is a show that is way kickier than I was expecting because Miyamura is just a nice boy. There's times where he can like whip out the headbutt. He's not the type to get into a fight, but he'll finish a fight. But he is not at all the strong domineering dude. And we'll talk a little later later in the duality portion about um the complexities of his backstory. But the first time because uh Hori starts opening up and basically being like, Miyamura, I want you to abuse me. I want you to like punch me in the face and just kind of like call me a a, a, a slude and a harlot <laughs> and um something where it's consensual it's talked about beforehand it's all good but there is uh there are witnesses the first time that he's doing this in public <laughs> Speaking of big news at school, I heard that uh, Miyamura beats the shit out of his girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And she loves it. It's so complicated because the people seeing it are his, basically his middle school bullies. Like the people responsible for for all of his um, trauma. The people who are like, oh my god, Miyamura is so lame. He looks so sad all the time. Let's bully the shit out of him. Sad ass. You know, like really bad shit. But they're hanging out outside of fucking (laughs) 7-Eleven. And they see Miyamura, and Miyamura is there for it. And they see her, him in public, just boom! You know, the fucking, like, the fucking, like, Boston United States of Smash! And goes like, yare yare, you dumb bitch, why don't you behave and go get me some goddamn chocolate bread? <laughs> and his middle school bullies, their response, I would call the cops, I would interview them and stop this, but their response is like, holy shit, Miyamura is so cool now! <laughs> He's what a do man. you think when someone walks out, like, stoic, sees his girlfriend, <laughs> pops her one, and like, she's happy, but you can't tell, but he just grabs her and drags her away after. It's like, um, was that abduction? <laughs> 
Oh, they're just like, like wow, be a viewer, to we be see... a badass. Like, we shouldn't mess with him instead of we should save the woman. And, like, for the viewer, we see Hori turn into a little chibi soft girl and just float along on a cloud behind him. But for the two guys watching him, it's like, oh, God, if we bullied him now, he would eat our flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I cannot believe I'm talking. This is, I think, the first anime I've seen that, like, delves into these tropes where, like, it really didn't feel so objectified that I felt like the joke was on the woman at all i really did not it 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 seemed complex and interesting enough that oh go ahead i was about to say because it followed proper scene protocol so i'm uh big in the bdsm community well i'm not big in the community i'm big you're you're small but big in the community and um and it follows proper bdsm protocol like there's so much stuff in like American media that that doesn't follow it properly, which is talk about it before, have consent with it, and uh, practice it in safe spaces. And it follows all those lines. So I say proper, this show is practicing proper safe sex, and I'm very (laughs) proud of it for doing so. Awesome. Hell yeah. Stamp of approval right here. So um, I I think that this is naturally talking about um, duality and the, the complexities in the show. Henry, I know that that was something that you wanted to lead off on, just the sheer mm. facets of these characters. One of the main themes of this show is that everybody has more than one side to themselves. Like, there's the side that they show to public, the side they have in private. Like, with Miyamura, he is very quiet in public, but he also has this, like, powerful side. The, like, tattoos, the different hair. The, he becomes a completely different person outside mm. of school. With Hori, she's this, like, very popular, studious, student council member at school, but then she gets home and she essentially turns into, like, an unmarried housewife, because she has to do all the cooking, do all the cleaning, take care of her brother. Do all the shopping very intensely. Mm. Yeah, she (laughs) takes it all very seriously. And, like, every other character in the show has multiple sides. Like, there's a character named Sengoku, who is the uh, student council president, who is this very powerful, popular character. But when we get an episode from his girlfriend's perspective, we find out that even though he has all this power, he's actually a pretty weak fearful guy every every mm. single character in the show has at least two sides to themselves it's really focused on that theme and really really gets into it in every different way you can imagine there's like 10 main characters and each of them gets a moment to shine and show off how they have more than two two sides to themselves yeah and speaking of Sengoku I just loved when they reveal his secret relationship with Hori, when um, everyone thinks he's abusing her and forcing her to do all of his work, which he is because he had leverage on her because Hori used to be his bully. (laughs) They were friends in elementary school, which is to say she mercilessly ridiculed him as a child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, you hit on his his weakness before. Who is Sengoku in the relationship with Remy? Yeah, Remy, the like uh, pink haired pigtails girl. Yeah, 
I I think that that was the one that really hit me beautifully because um you describe there being ten main characters and I think that that's exactly right. It really quickly turns into a ensemble show in a gorgeous way. And mm. there was a scene that hit me so hard where Remy was kind of talking about Sengoku's frailty um, and just that he's weak. I fr- in what ways did she say he was weak? I'm kind of like blanking on the details. Just like that, he like. gets nervous around people. He doesn't yeah. want to have to like be the boss even mm-hmm. though he is the student council president. And he's he, like, physically bugs. is. Mm. Oh, he's terrified mm. of bugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a whole phobia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the way, that, the way that Remy lovingly talks about this, it added on to this element of, even though people have, you know, many faces that they show, none of the faces are really false in a way. When I was young, I used to stress a ton about, like, you know, am I am I showing this fake face to other people while like constantly keeping this, you know, brooding real me inside, <laughs> you know, and knowing you is your real me. Um, but I think it's just true that if you act different ways around other people, those all have some element of truth to it because you're choosing to do it. And when Remy talks about his weakness and she just goes, the boy I love is weak and the boy I love is fragile and scared. And there, there's not, there's not the, 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 element of complete neutrality and love and joy that she brought to that it just i don't know it just it made me believe in love again (laughs) it felt all mushy watching it i got confused over remy's character because i think it was before this scene she goes she like corners like hori in the lunchroom and outright tells her i want miyamura yeah she does I, okay, I'm confused now. Do you do you love Sengoku? Were you trying to be a good friend, or what was that? I don't know what that was at all. I think that kind of tying back into the duality of it all. It really right. like Remy is the classic Genki girl. She's very bubbly, very cutesy, very high energy, kind of ditzy, and she gets treated like that. But there's more to her than is shown on the surface. She has a lot of emotional intelligence. She understands people. And I don't think she really wanted Miyamura that much. She just saw Hori waffling about it. I was like, well, here I come. (laughs) I'm going to do my job. (laughs) Time to be a battering ram. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So leading into that, a lot of these people have these pretty big internal conflicts that just eat them from the inside out but there is a theme of self-love and learning to find like peace in that that's all throughout the show uh alex could you talk a little bit about that yeah um not everyone but a couple of characters deal with a lot of self-loathing because everyone yeah everyone has their inner self and their outer self and um, they're almost all feeling the constraints of trying to let their inner self dictate things when their outer self seemingly never lets them mm. like for instance um Miyamura is the biggest one that we go through his um struggle with loving himself from the from the entire show and it's only through his interactions with others and Hori that he starts to truly accept the person he was before with the person that he is now but there were other characters like Sakura the uh, green-haired mm. girl with glasses part of student yeah. council hard worker smart and but she did not consider herself particularly pretty so when she started to have a crush on toru one of miyamura's and hori's friends she already kind of herself out at first 
But she makes a very strong decision that for her own sake, she wanted to see where that infatuation was going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, over a course of time, she's just kind of flirting, giving him gifts, keeping her in his life so that he would see her. And she loved that. But she wanted to see what she wanted to, for her own sake, define that relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you like me? And unfortunately, she did already count herself out. She knew the truth. She was like, I know your answer already, but I just want to say that I like you just so that mm. I could tell myself I tried and I deserved it. Yeah. She owed it to herself oh, to get so it off her chest. Yeah. And Remy, we've talked about her before, she took the initiative in making sure Sakura always understood she was worth being loved. She is not the worst parts of herself. Mm-hmm. And I really loved Remy's character for being there for Sakura when Sakura needed that extra strength to love herself. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm so glad you brought that up because between Sakura and Turo, um, what, what was the third girl in that dynamic? The one who felt like she just wasn't, who didn't have like an immense amount of self-hatred, was, but felt um, like I'm not worth voicing my opinions if someone else wants him. Yeah, that was Yuki. She's like Hori's best friend. She's got like short blonde hair, wears a big old sweater with her sleeves covering her hands all the time. And she just kind of has low self-esteem. She sees herself as not really worth thinking about. But Mm. she ends up being the person who uh, Toru connects with after he gets over his massive embarrassing crush on Hori. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a little embarrassing for a while. Poor guy. He just didn't oh, figure yeah. it out fast enough. Poor guy, friend zone. <laughs> and so getting into this, I'm starting to feel like kind of cathartic because I'm thinking just about I mean, maybe I was just such a devastating dork ass in like middle school and high school that like these characters aren't do, do y'all relate to these characters? Because it feels like like people are adding me. I feel kind of like hundred percent. Yeah. It's because all it, it's because as Henry said earlier, all of these characters are fully fresh humans. They're not. It's mm-hmm. it's not these these like sort of tropey characters who have these uh, issues with themselves simply to um, push the story forward. Sometimes right. they just come to terms with these things and understand that this is a part of who they are and that they they're going to develop with that from there. It's not about fixing these characters. It's about them accepting who they are and understanding that that is a fully formed human being in and of itself. Mm, totally. Yes. The thing with like a lot of these like stock type of characters that we talk about, like the tsundere, all these different categories, Honestly. is that they sort of operate like stock characters mm-hmm. but none of um none of the characters in the show fit cleanly into any one category they're all bigger than that yeah i think an excellent example of that is the um character Sue. um oh, he's the green-haired oh, yeah. fun guy in school and he's seemingly as close to a trope as you would get until you see his home life mm-hmm. and he just transforms into this quiet, stern older brother. Mm, yeah. Like at school, he is the goofiest character. He's my favorite character because he's got the best jokes. He's just like a fun loving, <laughs> fun looking, cool boy. And then he goes home and he's Mr. Big Brother to his like younger siblings. 
Mm. And he like completely changes and he flips the script. Interesting. Yeah. What I liked about him the most was when his school life and home life clashed and he was out of sorts trying to hide his home personality from his friends, but also hide his school personality from his sister. And when they clash near the end of the show, his sister doesn't know what to make of it. And they get home and just kind of pretend that the school thing didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if if we had to do like like how people do with sex in the city, uh, where they're like I'm a Jessica, I'm a Nicole, or how people mm-hmm. go with you know uh, Harry mm-hmm. Potter is Nicole not a character? I didn't see Sex in the City. <laughs> or people do with Harry Potter and they're like I'm a Grumpy Dump, I'm a Slither Snake, I'm a whatever those th- things. Are. <laughs> By the way, does the Sorting Hat and Harry Potter just do phrenology on you? Are they're like little calipers oh, inside. I don't know what the deal is with that. Cares. I think it's, anyway, I think it we're talking about it's I think magic. So. So, uh, what 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 do we feel like are the characters that align most strongly? If we had to pick one, that's like this is how I felt back then. What do we think that we would go with? Oh boy! Wait, back then? Yeah, like if we had to take like who we were in high school, like what oh, archetype we fit no. with? No, oh, okay. Yank, yank, gotta, yank, gotta admit it. Um, Henry, I had a sneaking suspicion that Mia Mura held like a place in your heart. Um. Because I feel like this show was more stock or was more standard than this was um, th- than I've been led to believe. Because you were the one who made me uh, watch this, and I'm so glad that you did. But when I saw Mia Mura's backstory, which we haven't like totally gotten into yet, mm-hmm. I had a feeling that that was what got you. Am I wrong there? Well, um, to like f- mention what the backstory is, the reason that um, Mia Mura has all these piercings is because when he was being bullied Mm. as a form of relief, he would take a safety pin and pierce his own ears as a form of, like, recentering and self-harm. And I never experienced anything that intense, but uh, to tell you a little bit about what it was like growing up to be me, um, in seventh grade, uh, in seventh grade, in middle school, all of my friends from elementary school said, hey, we're not your friends anymore. And that was very intense and a big part of me becoming who I am is like, again, that sense of duality. I like, I remember specifically in like third grade deciding I'm not going to be moody anymore. I'm going to be funny and like (laughs) kind of negating elements of my personality to make room for new things that I wanted to explore more fully. So there is... A little bit of that connection there to Miyamura, that feeling of having something, having this cloud over your history, but through making new relationships, meeting new people, making new friends, being able to kind of evolve beyond it, accept what you were, but look forward to what you're becoming. Right, yeah. Absolutely. And anybody else want to go with the uh, the little like high school spirit can? <laughs> I mean, uh, as as ironic as it is, uh, Hori is the one that I <laughs> connect to the most, mostly because uh, growing up, my father wasn't an absentee father, but both of my parents were very heavily working at the time. And I had a sibling that I had to take care of. I had to go and do all the shopping. I had to go and do all the cooking. I had to make sure she was okay. Um, I very much became a parental figure very, very Mm. young in my life for um, other members of my family who couldn't handle it. 
And uh, I am also just a straight up freak. So there is uh, plenty of Hori that I feel very, very deeply connected to and felt very cathartic watching it on the screen. Mm, for sure, for sure. You got one for us, Alex? Um, yeah, I think the character that I empathize with most is Yuki. That mm. feeling that she had that if anyone ever wanted something at the same time as her, it was her honor to take a step back and let them have it. She could worry about her own happiness later. Mm. That's something that I... It's, been, it's a hard thing for me to shake as well. This idea that I deserve to just have something that other people want. Yeah. Too many times in my life I can remember myself shrinking back from wanting something because I knew that some other guy wanted too. And that just kind of kept following me throughout my entire life. I had to learn to try to be a bit more selfish, to actually grab onto what I want. I don't think I found it around like she did with Akane, which was kind of a strange situation. But I think um, I'm still struggling with it the same way she is. Yeah. It's, do, you, do you have... Oh, sorry, Henry. I was just going to say it's shockingly hard to prioritize your own happiness. It yeah, seems I, like the, when you put it like that, it sounds like the most straightforward thing. But like, pack something you mentioned in the last episode, something I said about um, mm. having that fear of being a bad person. Mm. Another part of it is wanting mm. to prioritize the happiness of everybody around you to the detriment of your own. And it takes, hey, to all the kids out there, it takes a long time to figure out how to balance that properly. Good yeah. luck. I'm, I'm so glad that you picked uh, Yuki, Alex, because I think that I, I very much feel that and have fought with that as well. And I, a friend of mine once asked me, if you could you know, open up a portal and jump back like, you know, 12 years and talk to yourself in like middle school or whatever, like at any point in time, you could hop out of a portal, give yourself advice. What would you uh, say? And my kind of gut answer was, I wouldn't fucking listen to me. Like even if I had come through a portal and clearly I was like, even if I was covered in blood and you could hear the space lasers behind me and it was like, help, you can avert this directly. I, I remember having a feeling even back then and even throughout all my life of like, this isn't who I should be. I should be different. This isn't fair to myself. I feel like I knew the right platitudes even back then. And so to then just have different me trying to give me that advice, I'm not sure I would listen. Um, but if we were able to, I guess I want to ask, ask you, Alex, since this is something you fall with too, like with everything you've learned and, and, and the growth you've had fighting with this, is there something you think you could instill in like uh, a younger Alex to you know speed up that process? Um, I've thought about this before. Um, when I was when I was a kid, I was more focused on changing my future self. I remember that I left the time capsule for myself at this thing that never actually happened. Um, it was at a place that's supposed to email you in the future with a message from the past. I never got that email, by the way. It never showed up. Uh -huh. but, um, Rude. I was always waiting as a kid, waiting for my chance to be free of my obligations, my responsibilities. I wanted to be free of these misconceptions that people had of me that I caused. And I don't believe in changing the past, 
I never really wanted to. I figured I got through it. I'm I got through it okay. I more of always wanted to tell myself in the future, go do this, go do that, live your life, do all these things that you weren't letting yourself do, or or act better towards people when you weren't so good to them before. Yeah. I always want to focus on doing better in the future, not so much trying to change my past. That, yeah, absolutely. I know, I know you just moved. Is that a part of it too? Actually, it was. Um, I always struggled with leaving my home. It was never about the family. I love my family. But just the place I lived always felt confining. Mm-hmm. Louisiana is a nice state for a lot of reasons, but also not so great in a lot of other reasons. I want to get out of there. And so I used my education to keep moving forward in life. And I thought, and I, I kept telling myself, okay, I'm going to go here and be my true self. Hmm, yeah. And I think I'm closer to that now. I'd like to think that. Good, Good for oh, you. Hell yeah. Thank you for sharing that, brother. That's amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> that makes me so Get happy. Get deep on the Hori Mia episode. <laughs> I, it brings you, it brings we, out of you. It no, really it does. It totally does. It totally does. And Guys, go watch to, the show. <laughs> yeah. Hal and I are moving to New York soon ourselves, and hopefully we can rely on uh, Alex for inspiration. <laughs> we will be joining you down there soon. Um, so talking about, yeah, we're getting deep because it does bring stuff out in us. What does Horamia mean to us? And I guess more broadly, why do we find ourselves drawn to romance anime? Because it, it deals with things in a totally different way than like rom-coms do here and i don't think we really make high school rom-coms that are not about like someone overdosing on oxycodone or like learning black magic or something so like what is it what is it about this genre what do we think there's so much peace to be found in these uh which is ironic considering usually it's 12 episodes of will they won't they will they won't they will they won't they Mm -hmm. but there's so much peace to be found in this idea of, I know they're going to get together at the end. I know they're going to get together at the end. I know they're going to figure it out. It's about how are they going to do that? As well as the fact that, oh my God, who doesn't love blushing babies? Like who doesn't (laughs) love sweet blushing characters who just want to hold each other's hands? I think a big part of it is like the, the way the the stakes operate in a romance show. Cause like, the like life or death stakes are at zero but the emotional stakes are at 10 so you never have to be worried or afraid but you get so invested in like the emotional Mm. lives of these characters one of my favorite shows is um your lie in april which sort of swerves into romance right there at the end but like the big drama is will this boy be able to play piano again that's in the grand scheme of things, pretty low stakes, but you get so linked in with their emotions and their feelings that, like, what on the surface looks like a very small story feels like a really big story. Yeah, I, I feel like romance anime have an intensity to them that's totally different from what you get from something like a shonen anime, in that you can empathize with what's going on much more quickly. It's more realistic to you. You lived sort of these characters' lives to some degree mm. before. You've seen people like them. You understand a bit of what's going on in a romance anime that you simply don't when people are just powering up and throwing swords at each other. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a big part of it. I remember um, 
One of my favorites from a while back was A Silent Voice. I think that was a Netflix mm. movie. Mm. And I want to rip your heart out. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm making the mm sound. I have no idea what this is. What is it? <laughs> I'm like, mm, yeah. Um, love that. <laughs> it, it was a story about a, a, a man in Japan who met a high school not quite friend. It was a girl that he and others had relentlessly bullied because she was deaf. She couldn't hear other people. And she was always trying to reach out to people, connect with people, but it always didn't work. And it made everything worse for everyone. She grew up with self-loathing. He grew up with self-loathing. Honestly, they all grew up with self-loathing, mostly because of the way their interactions worked. And part of it was this sharing of blame that they all had to agree needed to be addressed. Mm. No one was quite totally at fault. Though, of course, I mean, they were bullies, so they were definitely at fault to some degree. But she also needed to come to understanding that she needed to try harder to connect with others in a way that worked. And a lot of it, I felt like, was still on her bullies for not taking the extra step to try to understand her better. Because all she'd do was try to hand people the notebook to um, to, um, communicate with her. She would break down and cry when things didn't go her way. And that would only alienate her further. And only truly altruistic people could be there for her. It wasn't realistic towards the muddiness that people tend to be in high school. Right. And as adults, they were all able to come together and understand each other after years of feeling crappy about how it all went down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, the weird part was it wasn't much of a romance movie. It's kind of framed <laughs> that way. But I'm like, this is the saddest shit I've ever heard. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, oh like, my God. High school it's just kind of music. More of a drama. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's a, there's a movie of it on um, Netflix right now. You can check it out. Yeah, yeah. What I, I, well, I, I think you're I think you're hitting on something important there, Alex. And as always, you're bringing like the maxed out wisdom stats to like making these connections because I feel like um, I used to I used to have this eternal conflict of when will I be over my childhood trauma? When will mm. I be over the mortification of things that I did in high school? When will the part of me that's like a wounded, mewling child finally become an adult and heal fully? And there's this gorgeous moment at the end of Horror Mia where um, uh, Miyamura faces, and it's one of the f- only moments of like magical realism in the show, but he faces himself on the top of the, the school. And, and what does he say? It's like something really gorgeous. He's like... Um, it's like hey you good fam and he's like yeah <laughs> she she i am bye and then <laughs> i don't know what the it's like a moment so where like, he and his past self talk very directly and yeah he's like hey it's <laughs> it's a real like it gets better moment he's like i, I you I don't have to change you. who you are in the past to become who you are presently and presently mm. who you are is happy. Yeah. 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 And I think he says congrats, congrats on graduating, which holds yeah. so many different layers uh, in this. And I think why I like romance anime mm. so broadly is because I had to get to a moment in my life where I realized that like, as I was dealing with childhood, and one of the reasons why I vibe with uh, Hori so much is that 
I, just like you said, Anna, I'm also someone where I grew up like raising my siblings as kids and my parents were like uh, addicted to uh, crack and, and that yayo <laughs> and we're just kind of wiling out. I lived a very uh, like shameless uh, the TV show life and eventually I had to just be okay with the fact that things are always going to hurt and even if you feel like you're better, very quickly something can just bring you back and dive you back into those dark waters again. You know, it's never something where everything is fully, fully, fully healed, but they get broadly better and it happens less often. And I think that as time passes between an event of trauma and where you are now, there's this sense uh, that, that people might have of like, Jesus Christ, get over this, go to therapy, fix this thing. And um, the more immediate event, the more kind of like respect for your pain that you might have. But I think that the pure melodrama of the high school romance, something where even the slightest things, they are your entire world. They are the most devastating things to ever happen. It brings out this sense of like empathy and makes me feel okay for moments that I might not be over yet or things that might still hurt me. You know, if I'm watching Marley and me and I'm crying, not because the dog died, because Owen Wilson is such a good dad, you know, (laughs) (laughs) then that's something where like the... It's hard to explain melodrama and things that sound so petty like that, but that's all these damn shows are. And it just makes me feel kind of like valid in a good way. You know, mm-hmm. am I making sense? Absolutely. Oh, of course. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So as we've kind of reached the, 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 the wide part of the umbrella here, are there other things we want to mention in Horing Mia, things that make this special or that we'd regret if we didn't bring out now? We didn't um, even talk about Akane at all. Um, so there's this minor character and his (laughs) dynamic is absolutely hilarious because he's the most beautiful man that anybody has ever seen in this entire show Mm -hmm. Uh, but he really (laughs) really really needs glasses he's just vibrating so well and is always talking to the wrong person and it's the cutest thing in the world he's the dumbest man who's ever lived (laughs) he He is is a himbo and it is it brings me joy Mm -hmm. does he wind up getting together with that girl in um the manga no (sighs) heartbreaking no one will ever love the beautiful man (laughs) <laughs> oh, beautiful that men totally have it so difficult. <laughs> it was. It surprised me how much emotional intelligence he had, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While he seems like he bumbles around with people, and that's probably a reason why he doesn't already have like thirty girlfriends. He mm-hmm. un- he unnervingly rips into people's emotions, like he did with Miyamura in one of the episodes. He just started talking about. Um, the straight emotion out of nowhere and he wasn't even he wasn't wrong mm-hmm. he just eviscerates your outer layer goes straight for what's inside and i bet that's a big reason why he's someone who's still alone in life <laughs> <laughs> he, like he's when too in real goes his wrong. truth is too intense yeah yeah very I mean, true. Yuki was trying her best to hide she kept putting up these faces these lies in between him and her and I think it's because someone like him shines too brightly. Mm, for sure. As, as all of our guests today know, the four people on this pod, as four tens, we know what the struggle is like. And so it's really, <laughs> it's, it's hard for us out here, but we're still getting by. We're still getting by. Uh, (laughs) quiet a 12 is talking we all need to be quiet for alex (laughs) um uh does a uh are there things we don't like about this show because i think we've done a great job doing a dive onto the things that are great about it i'm kind of struggling right now to think of anything where i'm like whack 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 but um 
is there anything out there for us that we think could be improved? Um, okay, so as someone who didn't know about much about the manga, I had a sense that there was a pacing switch in the show that I did not mm. quite care for. Mm. It sold you on this idea of this one-to-one um, story between Miyamura and Hori. And the first few episodes make you think, oh man, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? And then one episode's all about soccer. I'm like, well, huh? Wait, yeah. what about... Mm. And then after that, it's always this kind of new story, new story, new character focus, and just keep going until the end where it kind of circles back to Hori and Miyamura again. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I didn't quite like that in some ways. I yeah, think, like, I, I, I totally five, get that. That's a little jarring. The first five episodes are like almost 100% about the Hori-Miyamura romantic entanglement. Yeah. But then they're together and there's not as much drama connected to so the uh, the story shifts focus to all the other characters. But I totally see how that could be like you were sold a bill of goods. You were told this is the Hori Mia show. <laughs> and then it becomes swindled. It becomes about all these other people. But it surprised me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anna, anything there? I, I felt like I saw Alex took turning. the exact thing that I Hell was yeah. going to say. I was just about to say the only thing is it sets up pacing in the beginning of the of the show, and then it completely changes halfway through, which I didn't hate, but it really shocked me. And I did kind of miss Hori and Mia, uh, Hori and Miyamura after a little bit. I just missed them a little bit. Mm, me too. And it, it, it's a hard thing to describe because these side characters are fantastic and they all represent different things and like it, it fleshes out the world so much but something that we should make clear here is that um p- some people are pining for a season two but there's not going to be a season two of this because romance no animes very rarely got season twos yeah because even though this started out you know episode one corresponding to chapter one they have skipped all the way to the end in the last chapter of the show in the uh by the end and i think i think that the last chapter of the show came out like a few months ago i think it was after the anime actually released kind of mm. game of thrones style one might say mm. <laughs> um this pulled it off better than game of thrones Hori me is better than game of thrones i'm gonna throw that out Hori me is better than game of thrones 100 yeah i mean for it sure. ends better mm-hmm. for sure so um any would we recommend this as like a blanket like yes everybody watch the show what do we think if you like Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Senpai, Bunny Girl Senpai, if, if you like My Little Monster, if you like Romance, hey, whoa. <laughs> if you like um, other uh, romances where the focus is actually on the romance itself instead of the pining, you are going to love this show. And I also want to say, I know, like, as a show, we talk a lot about shonen anime and we're called bro tacos, we're a little bit male focused not 100 percent, but i would say even if this isn't the sort of thing you normally watch give it a try mm-hmm. like there's so much more to this medium and to storytelling in general than big fights and there's a lot of like emotional storytelling going on here you should even if you don't think you'd like it give it a try mm-hmm yeah, I had to ease my way into it. I just started watching rom-coms when my um, brother suggested we watch um, Your Lie in April. Mm. And then I just started to realize, oh, oh my, just stories about school life and romance can be interesting. They can be funny. They can be deep. And that's not like One Piece that I just finished watching the thousandth <laughs> episode of. Oh, oh my God. You watch One Piece, you monster. 
I, I used to watch One Piece a long time ago. I just so Anna's not the only one into BDSM on the podcast. So <laughs> <R does not. laughs> Speaking of elective things. Oh no, that's how I felt watching Dragon Ball Super. Fair, 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 fair. God, when Hal tried explaining the deep lore of like the 12 different universes and the baby god like destroying all of them, my mind melted. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking weird show. Um, I'm sorry, did you have something else to say about the, the, the glory of this? Um, just that when when you try out um, your first rom-com or your first romance anime I would really hope this would be one of them because it's do, it makes a lot of firsts that I feel like I didn't see before in the um, romance animes I watched um, I, you'll never see you've never seen a character quite like Hori before and you might not ever again like mm-hmm. I loved it specifically for her character. There was a lot there that I just didn't, I just hadn't seen before in um, female leads in um, romance comedies or mm-hmm. romance um, animes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this might be just a good first anime for people more broadly. Um, you might get misled about like the average degeneracy of anime. <laughs> like you might, um, yeah. this this might ruin your taste for some of these last things. I think the only person I wouldn't recommend this to are like if you're if you're listening to this and you're one of our true degenerates out there. If you're only into anime to watch High School of the Dead and High School Girl Prostitution Festival and Boob Survivor and Double <laughs> Anal by the Poolside and you're just whatever or the Gush Gush video. <laughs> if you are, if you're just a truly <laughs> sick pervert. Um, this might not be a show for you if you only just come little, to just a little too sweet. Yeah, just a little too sweet, a little too real. If you need, if you need tentacles and like immortal dark elf armies getting, you know, having times with orcs, this is not a show for you. Yeah. But otherwise, if your brain is at all, if you have a shred of humanity left, let Horimiya bring it out. Let the joy of you know reenacting these big high school moments come back out to you because I, I think broad recommend from us all around, right, y'all? Mm-hmm. But I will say All this, right. if you watch anime for escapism, don't watch this. Mm, not escaping anything. You're, you're confronting yourself when you watch this. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't escaping shit here, so good luck. Um, Alright, I actually I think that that's a good place to leave it for today. I think we touched on a lot. Anything else you want to throw out there? Not and I see good. something bubbling. What's up? Go, go ahead, go, go, go. We can just cut this shit out. It's okay. <laughs> no, I have nothing bubbling. I'm just really excited about this show. Me too, and I'm really happy. This episode's been so bomb. I've had such a good time. I can't believe it's already been like an hour talking about this stuff. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. 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 We did so, it. So, um, that said, another classic under our belts here at Brotaku's Anime Club, aka Dojin Shees, aka non binaries. We are for everybody out here in Brotaku's land. Um, and so I will uh, lead us all out. Are we all right with that? Please do. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Well, first of all, thank you, Henry, Anna, and especially Alex, because Henry and Anna, I've known you for years, but Alex, our friendship is still buddy. So thank you so much for coming on. You're no such problem. an amazing guest, and it's so good having you, man. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Now check everybody's uh, social medias out in the bio. Please check out Alex's work at Team APS. There is a full team 
of course it's the it's in the name there's a full team of amazing guys behind this channel great content creators really hilarious stuff check it out i know that it'll hook you and for everybody thank you so much for listening if you liked what you saw please give us a five-star rating on apple podcast or on your favorite podcasting app it really does make a difference and every review counts check us out on youtube we got timestamps and beautiful things added we will show you pictures of all of these lovely boys and girls that we talked about today it'll add more to the experience or just listen to us on your way to work on your way to work bring some joy into your life before you head into the hellscape of the nine to five um and if you leave us a review we will make sure to give you a shout out on the air to show our appreciation and with that said thank you all so much for joining us today this has been Horamia. i'm pax and this is the bro talkers we'll see y'all next week bye y'all bye 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 see you guys